Hot Takes Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. Question of the day, Joe Ingles. What is going on? What is the deal with Joe Ingles right now? He is playing really well. And PK, you posted a question and you're dealing with a little backlash now. You got people coming at you, which I know is really new for you. You've never never (laughs) dealt with that before. You're just being scolded, though. This is different. This is people talking to you like you're your grandmother and you're wrecking the Sunday dinner for all 40 people who've gathered in the house that's been in the family in Jersey for 100 years. How could you? Man, you're really setting it up nice. Tony, of all people, PK, you should know that you don't talk about the no-hitter while it's in progress. If Joe starts to suck, this is on you. I don't buy it for a second. I stand by your side, PK. Enough with this jinx nonsense. Joe starts to suck while well, he missed some shots. Is that sucking? It's funny how we just boil it down. As much as we try to make the game in- intricate, we boil it down to the ball that goes in the basket for so many of the guys. Now, Gobert obviously is an exception. Uh, and you have some other exceptions, too. I think, I think people Stockton recognize will... Royce O'Neal now. He, okay. He's there okay, to, yeah, he's there to match that. up. There, yeah. There's just, I can't say it's every night, but there are too many nights where he takes the best, the, the biggest threat on the other team, and he guards that guy. And sometimes that guy is 6'2, and sometimes that guy is 6'10. And it's still Royce, go get him. And he's also supposed to defensive rebound. You know, Gobert is the first priority to get the board. But if it's not him, then it's Royce. And I think fans are kind of locked into that. Yeah, but at the same time, if he misses a crucial shot in the closing minutes, yep. Yep. he's going to hear about it. So, But I agree with you largely of what you're saying, and there are players like that. Obviously, Rodman uh, would have been in that case. And I think that the traditional, which are not that many of point guards these days, there's just not that many of them, the, the Stockton pass-first guy. I think Chris Paul, you just said it in the prior segment we just mm-hmm. had. He didn't score because nope. his role is not really to score. So people aren't going to crack on him as much if he's not scoring. But so much of it is judged by do the ball go in the basket. And Ingles, the three-point shooting, I mean, I'm not watching every game for sure by any stretch, but I'm watching every game of the Jazz. And the shooting is just, it's unconscious now. I, I, it's, I don't know that I've ever seen it like this. Ever, by anybody. Uh, the other night when he was 5 of 6, and some of the shots were open and really in rhythm, and, and at that point I think a lot of fans have a lot of confidence that the ball is going in. But a couple of them, they were pretty well contested. It didn't bother Joe. He was in rhythm, he was locked in, and he just rose up and drained it. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's just amazing. It's fun to see. I mean, we like Joe, obviously. We developed a relationship with him. We're seven years into this thing. It's incredible. And so we're certainly going to root for him. Everybody roots for him. I don't know that there's been a more popular jazz player ever to play in this community with all the things that he has done and, and his uh, outgoing nature, his willingness to engage with fans. If you've seen him before games when fans are out there or, or whatever it might be. And he comes off, ironically enough, no pun intended, as a regular Joe and he talks about that, and then with the autism and the connection there and the family, he loves to talk about Renee and the kids, and people can identify with that. The identification factor between this man and the fans uh, is just incredible. The Joe Ingles story 
is just amazing. I mean, it, we've said this a thousand times, and now he's he's ratcheted it up. He is an integral part of a, the best team record-wise in the league. I mean, that is just amazing, man. You talk about Kevin Garnett with the anything is possible. Yeah, when you're seven feet tall and you have the skill like he has, anything is possible. And so, you know, one millionth of one percent get to fall in that category. And Joe's tall, too. I mean, six seven obviously is not super tall NBA-wise, but man on the street-wise it is. Uh, but to see where he was and where he's become and where he is now, it – he ought to be giving Clarkson a run for his money for the sixth man award. He certainly is right now, and they don't have a thing for this, but if they had a seventh man, he should win <laughs> going away. This, the seventh man of the year. Are you the second best guy on your team coming off the bench? If so, apply now. Go to seventhmanoftheyear.com. <laughs> Role player of the year. <laughs> well, think about it, man. The seventh man of the year. Well, right? they don't. They this do, guy's incredible. They do both provide the thing you talk about, which is the ball goes in the hoop, and they come off the bench, and they score at an outrageous rate, and most teams don't have the depth. Those guys have to go in the starting lineup if they're going to play like that. So it gives them a leg up to be on a team that has the depth where they really need that on the in the second unit, so that when, you know, a star, when Donovan Mitchell sits down, whoever your star is, whenever your star sits down, whether it's Damian Lillard or Donovan Mitchell or LeBron or whoever, you got to have that scoring punch, and they do it. And the game now is so three-heavy. I mean, the best teams shoot the three the best. Now, you've got to do all that other stuff you talk about, all the basketball for dummy stuff, to get the best opportunity to shoot that three because even Joe needs to hit some open threes and get locked in so he's going to hit those contested threes. And it's really impressive when he hits the contested threes, but if he gets fed a steady diet of contested threes, he's not going five or six for three in a game. He's not doing it. But you look at the the three-point field goal shooting percentage right now, and the teams that shoot at the best are all the teams at the top. Five of the top six in the West are five of the top eight in the league. Why are they the best teams in the best conference? Because they shoot the three really well. The Clippers are number one in the league right now. The team the Jazz play tonight, the Nets, are number two, and they're second in the East. And the Jazz are third. And the Bucks are fourth, and the Nuggets are fifth. These are all quality teams. The Lakers are the total outlier, and it goes to LeBron's greatness because LeBron just makes them that good. They are not a good three-point shooting team. They're, they're 22nd in the league. But they're the outlier. All the other best teams in the league are really good at shooting the three. And the Lakers, they have LeBron, and he makes everything okay. Yeah. Well, I think that if we're looking for reasons – as to why I think it's so overwhelmingly obvious as to why he is playing so well at 33. It's not like you should be big time on the down side of your career as an NBA player, but I don't know at 33, maybe it's been done that you're having your best season. It's not outrageous, so I can't really say it's... uh, Look at him, man. We thought the best days were behind him because I think that can vary. As long as you stay injury-free, relatively speaking, there's no reason why you can't be playing great ball at 33. It's not that old, particularly with all the stuff that they have available to these guys today with yep. the training and the diets and travel and all this stuff. So it's not it's not that outrageous to see that happen. But I, I think that I really isolate one specific reason as to why he's playing so well. And that is? 
Well, I think it's clear now. He's achieved what he really wanted, although he'll never admit it. He finally, after all these years, can say, and I don't know that you can buy this, he's finally been able to say, I have an American-born child. Yeah, save that for when he visits. (laughs) <laughs> and really and build it that, up. That is the really great relief. To be able to have a child who can run for president in the greatest land, <laughs> you can't buy that. And now he has one. AJ, American Jack. American Jack Ingalls. Yeah. I mean, it's all set up. I mean, it's, he finally has something that he couldn't get until now. And it's just worked out beautifully. And now that he has an American-born child and he'll have that connection to the greatest land in the world forever, I think it's eased his burden. Well, he's now shooting 50%, right exactly on the money, from the three-point line. He's always been a good three-point shooter, and it's improved. Uh, But he's never, not only has he never shot 50%, he's never shot 45 his career best is 44.1. So, he is having his best year. They didn't go home to Melbourne in the offseason. His kid was born here, so you've always got that to fall back on, PK. And you can ride him on that forever. Coincidence? Well, obviously not. If I'm the Jazz now, his value's never been higher. I think about jettisoning him. <laughs> You can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> Just think what you can get. Who doesn't need a 50% three-point shooter? Everybody. Everybody. In the case of Atlanta, <laughs> they need another one. He's one of two guys in the league shooting 50% from three. And and he's shooting in the mid-60s this month. But he and he, Tony Snell's the guy he's got to catch. But Tony Snell only shoots half as many uh, right, shots as he count. does and, and just bear, a little more than half as many three-pointers. Uh, you know, Joe is out there. He's firing away. That's like a batting average. You got to have a minimum number of plate appearances. Yep. So. And Tony, Tony's got him, but Joe's off the charts. I mean, Joe's shooting five and a half threes a game. Tony Snell's shooting two point seven. So, but Tony Snell's shooting almost fifty seven percent from threes at fifty six eight. So that's a huge number. Joe's second in the league right now, and this month he's shooting in the mid sixties. So mid sixties, <laughs> and this is March twenty fourth. Yes. Yes. Mid sixties. Oh my goodness. He was, That's he was unbelievable. It, he was five of six against Chicago from three in the win. He was five of six against Toronto, and he was eight of ten against the Wizards. So the last three games, that's 18 of 22. That's just absolutely insane. It is. It is. It's awesome. It's just awesome. It's shocking. Those are shocking numbers. And uh, you're not the only one who's getting crushed, though, because he got asked in a postgame, and I can't remember who did it. Uh, but somebody asked him about that stretch, and he said, well, now that you brought it up, I, I won't do it, so thanks for that. <laughs> so he played the jinx superstition card as well. 18 of 22, if he ever does that again, I'd be even more stunned. Yeah, right. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We got more of you weighing in, more to get to, and we will do it next. The Utes are coming up at 8 o'clock. Sharif Shah, Utah assistant coach, defensive backs. We'll hear from him at 8 o'clock. Stay with us.